left our intrepid lesbians. A monstrous foot was crashing towards Adelaide and Pepper, uh, her ghost dog, who were on a train car hurtling towards it. Rue, you said that you were the last one on and you were intentionally keeping an eye out. Uh, so you see this foot coming down towards Adelaide. What do you want to do? Normally there's great ritual around this. I recognize there's not time for ritual. So I draw my rusted sword ox. I, I kiss it and say a couple quick words of blessing upon it and I hurl it at the foot. Perfect. Are you trying to incapacitate the monster or are you trying to protect Adelaide more? What is your goal here? I'm trying to get the foot to not stomp where Adelaide is. I, I guess that's more protecting than incapacitating. I think, yeah, I think I think that's going to be a defy disaster. Um, so let's start with what are you willing to sacrifice? Oh. I am willing to blow my cover as um, somebody who's who's coming into this land with the intention of salting the earth. I'm willing to blow my cover as like a member of this weird offshore cult society. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and it sounds like you are trying to defy danger with might, endurance, or courage. Perfect. So go ahead and roll uh, your 2d6 plus daring. That is... <gasps> That's 12. Hell yeah. All right. So on a 10 plus, you do it with style. Uh, so what does it look like as you knock this monstrous foot aside? Uh, to make sure I give you a scale, um, this creature, which you were just starting to like see over the grassy... Uh, forest essentially probably six or seven stories tall so we're looking at like 60 70 feet which makes this foot probably about five to ten feet wide and uh extending obviously up a leg um so this is a large animal so what does it look like as ox collides and protects adelaide there I think that I've done some fancy, like I've swung up to the top of the train. So I'm like standing on top of the train as it's moving forward. And I like almost javelin toss ox saying some words of like, to the salt with ye. Um, and it spears, I think, straight through the Achilles tendon. Oof. All right. But this creature roars with pain and like steps back. So it's one paw, the one that is injured, is kind of held in the air and it is no longer on the train tracks. The train tracks remarkably like didn't crunch in for the fact that they were built pretty recently. They're sturdy. They didn't like collapse. The train could still run on these. And... As this creature like rears back, you see it for the first time. Um, it's a quadrupedal creature. It's covered in this like thick matted fur and vines and moss and even like shrubbery are growing out of it. Its face is obscured by like the long hair and the again matted fur hanging down from it. Um, the only thing like defining feature of the face you can see 
is this large snout. Uh, there's no evidence of an ear or a tail, um, but again, it's got a really excess coat, so you might just not be able to see them. And uh, that's kind of what this massive creature looks like. It is not super lean. It is like, I'm going to call it chunky, but it, it's sturdy. And it is rearing back in pain. Its other three paws are like shaking the ground even more um, as it's like trying to get its balance. So this rumbling just keeps going and is getting more and more intense. Uh, so we're going to jump over uh, to Malta Regina. Uh, Malta Regina is very thankful that Adelaide and the rest of us weren't crushed. But I think, you know, it's like, well, this is the time for me to prove myself and maybe get back in the good graces of some of these townsfolk. So I hop out of the the car, the train car, and I throw away my disguise and I'm like, surprise, it wasn't a random law-abiding townsperson. It was I, Malta <laughs> Regina. And then I point at the, uh, the giant beast and I'm like, prepare to meet your maker. Perfect. Are you going to attack it or are you just like yelling the words? I, I think I'm going to attack it because I, I like it's, it, it could stomp on us with its other paw. So like I have to get this thing out of the way. Perfect. That sounds like a fight roll when you seek to incapacitate someone with violence. Uh, roll plus daring or plus grace. This sounds like a daring uh, move there. Yeah. All right. Luckily, daring is my strong suit. Uh, I got a six total. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so tell me what it looks like as you mark experience and then uh, engage this monstrous creature in combat. Yeah, so um, I would let loose a war cry and she like whip off the my sword covering and throw back my cloak and underneath my like very understated earth tone robes is like an outfit that's like black leather with like studs on it and i've got like my stomping boots and yeah and so <laughs> da 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 a villain and i um i would like jump up and like slash at whatever part of this beast I could reach. Perfect. I'm going to give you an option of two conditions. These will both give you negatives. We'll go through that in a second. It can either like hit you, knock you back, and you'll be frightened. Or you can completely wipe out. Not even like hitting this thing. The jump is not going to happen. And mark insecure. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to miss... I like, it's too high. I aim too high. I can't reach that high. Um, and I, like, tumble to the ground and I fall flat on my face. And I'm like, damn it. That would have looked pretty cool. <laughs> it would have. Uh, so we just marked our first condition there. Uh, so that's insecure. Uh, all of our conditions will give you a minus two to a certain move. So right now, your penalty is a minus two to entice. So if you were to try to entice someone, you would have two less on that roll. Uh, and 
you hit the ground, you're not in danger because this thing is still backing up. Uh, but again, that beautiful black leather is now like a little bit muddied, a little bit dirty. Um, but mainly your pride is just injured. And we're going to jump back to Coney. Coney, you were in the uh, car. You have been drinking uh, Declan's booze, uh, his grass wine, or you had a drink of his grass wine. Uh, tell me what's happening with you. What are you trying to do here? Yeah, I saw that Adelaide separated the, the train cars and went towards certain death. So I felt, I feel horrified that she put herself in danger like that. And I'm also extremely grateful and impressed and think that she's just the bravest person that I've ever known or seen. And I cannot believe that this happened. Um, and, and I'm really impressed by Malta Regina's daring towards this monster that almost crushed all of us and especially Adelaide. And I want to destroy it in any way I can. So I am inebriated yet ready to fight with my sword. Terrific. Uh, go ahead and you're also going to roll to fight to incapacitate someone. Uh, it sounds like this is also going to be daring, not grace. Yes, it's a million percent daring, not grace. So I roll up a five total plus one for daring. So six. Terrific. I'm going to offer you the exact same choice here. As you're rushing forward in your inebriated attack mode, you're either going to get injured and knocked aside and uh, mark frightened, or you're going to eat shit and mark insecure. I am running towards this monster, my sword up high, yelling uh, a cry and I slip in some mud and I just go flying face first right down onto the mud and that the ground is what cuts off my my yell perfect can I make a suggestion on that yes I think Malta Regina is getting up and you trip over her I fully trip right over her and I'm just like ow Fantastic. So we now have two people who are just in the dirt. We have a giant monster rapidly, like, trying to get its balance and trying to avoid the pain. And we have Ragosa, like, here for the fight on top of the train car. Adelaide's train car has avoided injury for now. And Nymeria... Uh, you were guided into the uh, train car. Coney carried your trunks in for you. Or two of your trunks, you carried the third one. What do you want to do in this situation, Imeria? So the train has also now ground to a halt, yes? Mm-hmm. And there's a big creature. So I'm like, I'm torn because it's like... So Malta Regina and Coney are wiped out. Adelaide is over the train. Ragosa javelin through her sword. So I think Nymeria does not want to fight a giant creature and is going to run to try and check on Adelaide. She's going to hike up her 
her uh, skirts and go running through the grass. Perfect. Uh, Nymeria, you get over to Adelaide. Um, Adelaide, your train car has come to a stop. You and Pepper are safe, uh, though probably a little bit shaken up as you were almost crushed to death. As Nymeria comes up to you. Yeah, Nymeria comes up and you see Adelaide um, curled in a ball um, with her arms around something that is not visible to you, kind of tucked under the counter at the front of the train car, um, just kind of peering out um, a little bit dazedly. Yeah, so uh, she will, as she pops in, just goes, that was foolish. <laughs> well, that that's true. It it was. Um could you help me up? Uh, and there's like a very like mm, slow extend of the hand, like palm down instead of palm up. Oh, you, you don't want to. That's okay. Uh, um. And Nymeria like bites her lip and says, I do. I do want to help you. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Adelaide will like I grab onto her hand. And Nymeria does no pulling. It's just uh, <laughs> so you just basically use her as leverage to stand up. <laughs> Adelaide seems confused. Um, and is just sort of like, um, should we go check on the others? Yes. They seem to be not faring very well against the large monster. And at this point, Adelaide will look and take in sort of the scene of what has happened and sees Coney and Malta Regina in the mud. Uh, and runs over to them. Nymeria will follow. Excellent. It kind of sounds like Nymeria may have offered um, emotional support, though I'm not sure if it's meaningful for uh, Adelaide at that point. I don't think it was meaningful. Nah, not yet. That's fair. Uh, so the uh, two of you make it over to the group. I think at this point, uh, if you don't mind me saying so, Leo, I think Rue has joined the others. We've got like the five of you together for the first time. And uh, we get a shot of the whole group of you, which looks rad, even though two of you are a little bit dirt covered. It's still like a cool moment to have everyone together. And Nymeria and Adelaide approach the other three of you who are... Uh, in various states getting ready for or uh, in battle. Um, Rue jumps in, is like very much like, all right, game plan time. Here we go. Now, now, I, now I know what's happening. This is my strong suit. Um, okay, I've got to retrieve my sword. We need to get the train back together. Who wants to do that? Who wants to help me pull this thing from the thing's leg? I'm great at trains and Adelaide will turn and go back to reattach the train car. <laughs> Leaves immediately. We finally got the group together. She's very task oriented. Why are we all introverts? <laughs> Except Malta Regina. Yeah, I think I'm going to help pull this thing out because I, I really... I want to I want to like prove myself to Adelaide and be like, hey, I can be nice, but I'm not there yet. I'm not I'm not ready yet. So I'm just going to be like, yeah, I, I can pull this thing because I'm strong. I'll help you pull this thing out and and kind of like 
uh, get some um, some pride back. Because I've lost a lot of pride today. <laughs> I stand up all muddied and mud just like weighing down all my cool clothes. But that's okay because it makes it cooler. And I, I look at the thing with the this thing in it and I want to rip it out. But also I'm dizzy. So and also I look towards Adelaide and Adelaide is going towards that train and I just want to go towards Adelaide. So I'm like, I'm just going to check on that. And I go in that direction. And that leaves Nymeria. Uh, Nymeria, where are you going for this plan here? Nymeria doesn't want to do either of these things. <laughs> uh, train, not her strong suit. Fighting monster, not her strong suit. Uh, so she's just going to look expectantly at Rue for her, like, some form of command. <laughs> Rue um, puts a hand on her shoulder and says, child, comfort the people. Uh, Nymeria looks like that's the worst third option, but not. <laughs> she goes back towards the people. <laughs> also looks to Malta Regina and says, I will accept your help as long as you know that I know that you are no law-abiding citizen after all. <laughs> and I'm like, I will accept the fact that you know that I know that you know that I know that I am no law-abiding citizen. Um, so as long as we can come to some sort of understanding, um, we won't have a problem here. It is understood. And after we have reached a safe destination, I will seek justice. Uh, and I sigh and I shrug my shoulder and I'm like, that's fair, I guess. Good. Yes. Let's get the thing. And we have the two of you heading towards this giant creature. Oh, I think that uh, the first thing I need to do is get the sword out of its leg. Is that a move? <laughs> I don't think it needs to be. Honestly, I think that's just going to happen because uh, I want you to have your sword, given that the title of the game is Thirsty Sword Lesbians. I don't want to take away one of the three pieces of that. Um, so tell me what it looks like as you get this sword out of this uh, giant creature? Um, I definitely think I like put my boot against its leg to like leverage and yank it out. Um, and I think I deliberately like yank it kind of like zigzag to um, not pull it out cleanly. Excellent. Malta Regina, how do you help that happen? Um, I think that I... I will put a hand on the blade handle to kind of help, like, yank it as well. Are our hands stacked on top of each other? Our hands are handle? stacked on top of each other on the blade oh. handle. Lugosa <laughs> registers this and has complicated feelings about sharing a blade handle with a villain. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd fight side by side with a with a law person. <laughs> well, how about a, a weird cultish person? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, mission, mission, the mission. Uh, pausing for a moment, um, we do have the option for smitten. And also, I don't think this was an entice, but hy hypothetically, Malta Regina, that could have been an entice as well. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think I don't think it's either because I'm not. Yeah, I think this is just like, oh, maybe I am. Let me think. Let me think. And it also could be that um, Rue is smitten as well or instead. Rue is like the like Javert type of smitten where it's like, I am obsessed with you. It might be love, it might be lust, it might be hate. Does that count as being smitten? I'm going to turn that question to you. Do you think that counts as being smitten? The answer can be no. I think that for somebody whose code of honor says that, like, or whose, like, code of ethics says that you cannot fall for someone, maybe this, like, obsessive pursuit of justice is the closest that Rugosa knows to being smitten. Perfect. All right, go ahead and give a string to Malta Regina, and then you're going to uh, answer your question on your playbook. Uh, Okay, my question is, how does pursuing them conflict with your devotion? I think you may have just answered that, but if you want to elaborate more, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that it is, there should be a single mission in Rugos's mind of like embedding herself deep enough within this community that they accept them. And then Ru is then able to like carry out their plans. And this is a diversion of energy and attention that was unplanned for. Oh, and like if, if Ru is seen like allying in any way with this person that will hurt their ability to, to like gain entry into the community, gain trust. Fantastic. You two get that sort out again, not cleanly, but get it out. And I do think there's a moment where like you get the sort out and kind of have to like fall backwards though. I don't think you like hurt yourself on the landing. It's like jumped up to grab the sword, pulled it out and landed. Not the cleanest landing ever, but not, you're not in danger right now. As you come back, you notice that this creature has a lot of scarring, like on its paws, on its legs, up its back. This creature is pretty wounded. Hmm. I, I have burgeoning respect for this creature now. Cause I'm like, you, you two are a mighty warrior. I wonder what your story is. Because like me, you have also been scarred, presumably in battle. And I wonder what scars lie on your heart. So I feel a little bad about trying to attack it now. Uh, This creature is definitely weathered. And I think we see that like impressed uh, air wash across Malta Regina's face. Virgosa, do you have any reactions to seeing that scarring, seeing that injury? Um, I think the only thought in Rugosa's head is like, great, we're closer to taking this thing down. Excellent. And we see the two of you kind of squared off towards this creature. And before we follow through with that, we're going to follow uh, Nymeria over to the people. Uh, Nymeria, you were sent to comfort the masses. So uh, let's check in on you. How are you doing over there? 
Hello, the people. I understand that this is a very trying time for you, but you seem to know what you were doing before, and so I trust that you are receiving comfort from this, my comforting words. I want you to roll emotional support plus heart. Actually, what is your heart right now? My heart is plus one. I'm going to say that's going to be a minus one because I think you are trying to be emotionally supportive. I just don't think it's what they need right now. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and declare that this is going to be a plus one minus two. So minus one total. Uh, That will be then precisely a six. Perfect. I don't think the people had like been super freaked out by this. Because they're like, you know what, this kind of happens, like, they're big creatures, though this is really big in comparison. They hear these words, they look past and see that, like, uh, Malta Regina and also Coney both, like, got kind of messed up. They don't know that it wasn't violence, they just see, like, them covered in mud. And the people start to freak out and, like, abandon the train. I just start taking off through the grass. No, no, take comfort, not additional panic, no. Are you trying to, like, pull them back, or are you just, like, letting them run? I think I am standing there shook, because this was precisely the adverse effect that I had intended and was commanded to do. So now I've I've failed being told what to do, so I think... I think she's just a little bit of, like, a, like, stunned, like, blue screening right now. Excellent. Uh, I want you to go ahead and mark a condition. Yeah, which one? This could be really any of the five. Probably not angry, but frightened, guilty, hopeless, or insecure. I'll take guilty because I was given one job and I immediately botched it. And that's fair because it does give you a minus two to emotional support. So there is more emotional support happening, which is like, no, take comfort. That's what I said to take. I expressly suggested that you take comfort. Why is no one doing what I expressly said? Fantastic. Um, And we see uh, Declan, who previously had been, like, hitting on you. Uh, The one who... Oh, no, I'm sorry, not Declan. Declan was not the one who was hitting on you. Nymeria, as people are scattering, you see that, like, stranger is not scattering. Like, most of the people are freaking out. This stranger with the braid is not really going anywhere. And in fact, looks like they're looking for something in, like, the various train cars. Suspicious stranger, why are you not fleeing with the rest of them? Of the people? Uh, Question before we go into that. Did you give them their sword back? Nope, I still have it. Perfect. That's more dramaturgically interesting. No, I agree with you. Uh, They turn, and their eye first goes to their sword, and then goes to you, and they're like, well, I couldn't abandon the most exquisite person here. Oh, your sword? (laughs) And they come up, not too close to you, but like within like a distance where you could just talk as opposed to like call across. And they're like, did you not see the wink earlier? I thought I thought we were like on the same page here. 
So I think for interest's sake, I think this counts as being unchaperoned with a certain type of person. I do think that is true. Yeah, so that is one of my commandments uh, from the authority. So I can't do this. Excellent. So uh, how do you get out of this situation? I think I am going to blush madly, uh, very like woodenly hand them their sword and goes, yes, I saw the wink. I understand what winks mean. I think you should have your sword back. Also, please don't get crushed by the monster. And they look at you and they're like, okay, you either. And they go back to like looking through things. You found your exquisite thing. What are you looking for now? They look back at you and there is no more like flirtation chip in their eyes. Their eyes are just angry. And they're like, Nymeria Wu, I need you to go anywhere else. Ooh. Ooh, what do I do? I don't like being spoken to like this. You know, I have one move, and that's to draw my sword. Uh, In fact, I will draw two swords. All right. It sounds like you're going to fight them again. You got a sword. These lesbians got a sword. Got a sword, got a lesbian. Got to be thirsty. Uh, So, again, I think you're probably rolling plus grace. Yeah. The whole thing. Uh, Ooh, that's going to be an 11 this time. Perfect. So you're going to choose three from that list and your opponent will choose one in response. I'm going to use violence to inflict a condition, which it sounds like they're already angry. I'd like to make them insecure by dazzling them with my sword technique. Uh, Create an opportunity for an ally if one happens to pass by. And then I will... Can I take the object that they're looking for? Yeah. Do you you have an idea of how you know what they're looking for? By what their eyes are looking to while we're fighting. Excellent. I think it even goes so far as, like, you get knocked back, or they get knocked back and, like, hit the ground. And instinctively, they, like, reach for, like, to they look to block a thing. Mm. And so I think I will advance on them and... uh, with a quick series of slashes and thrusts, we'll try and open them up to grab whatever that is or flick it towards myself with my sword. Excellent. Um, it's right now, as far as you can tell, a like leather satchel of things. Uh, because you didn't grow up in this area, it probably doesn't have a lot of significant meaning to you. Uh, but for anyone who did grow up in this area, that is the like satchel where the seeds are kept. Um, when you are coming of age in this society, you pick a seed that will become your like plant upon when you die. We saw uh, someone planting that seed at the beginning of uh, session one when uh, Agatha had passed away. They were trying to grab this like bag of those seeds. You chose to uh, inflict a condition, create an opportunity, and take an object. Um, I think when they fall and, like, hit the wall, we're going to see, like, all the train cars kind of, like, shift forward. uh, And those will make it easier to connect 
connect the two pieces of the train together. Um, we'll get there in a second. But as you grab that, they're going to kick at your legs and like knock you over. And you see another person who you didn't ever like clock as suspicious. Um, and I don't think anyone did. This like 14 year old girl uh, with like short spiky hair uh, comes up and just kicks your ribs. Um, not super violently, just like enough to stun you for a moment. And she reaches her hand out for her partner and the two of them like take off. And we're going to cut over, leaving Nymeria kind of on the ground there. Uh, cut over to Adelaide and Coney, uh, who are going to go fix the train. Uh, Adelaide, you're getting to the train first, where Pepper is waiting, because you told uh, him to stay earlier. And as you're getting to that, the train cars seem to just like shift themselves forward a couple inches even like so far as like a foot or two. Uh, so, you know, you just notice that. I think I'll start. I think everything is still like on and like somewhat ready to go, but we'll just sort of um, like get Pepper to start trying to move the front part back towards the rest of them so that we can like line them back up. And I'm just sort of hanging off the side of like the back of the, car as as this is happening just kind of like riding it towards the rest of the train excellent i think that just happens i don't think you need to do anything to make that happen and you're about to like connect the two pieces you got the pin uh with you i don't know where you put it but it's on your person as coney gets up to you i'm here um Adelaide drops the pin with a loud kind of clang onto the floor of the train car and turns around. And it was so brave of you to leap towards the creature like that. It is nothing compared to taking a whole pin out of a train and leaping towards certain, almost certain disaster to avert our death. It just seemed like the right thing to do at the time, but it was kind of stupid in hindsight. Not... Not at all, except that you could have been killed, which I'm not a fan of that option, but it was brave. And sometimes when you do brave things, they can hurt you. I'm just not used to... Hey, Tony, can you offer emotional support? Yes. Uh, so when you offer someone emotional support in a way that could be meaningful to them, roll plus heart or plus spirit. Uh, this sounds like plus heart. Yes, I agree. I roll a nine and I have two heart, so 11. Excellent. Uh, so if they open up to you, uh, they're going to choose one from the list, which is clear condition, mark XP, gain a plus one forward, or gain insight from, a GM, from the GM about an obstacle facing you. And then you will also choose one or take a string on them. Uh, so let's start with uh, Adelaide. Choose one from that list there. Uh, I will choose to mark XP. And she'll also say something, but we'll re we can resolve this mechanically first. <laughs> um. Excellent. 
so as you're doing that, how do you open up to them? Um, I think you see something light up behind Adelaide's eyes and she says, um, I'm not used to doing brave things. I just do the things that make the most sense in a given situation. And often those things are not particularly brave. So I guess I just, um, I don't know. I don't know what came over me, but um, I'm glad that you didn't think it was stupid. So I want to resolve this move, but I feel like there might be some other moves going on. But uh, Kony, um, you can either choose to take one from that list uh, or you can take a string on them. I will take a string on them, which is my second string for them. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, when you get to four strings, there's a thing that will happen. Um, but uh, right now, um, you've got two there. Uh, and then it sounds like uh, Adelaide might be smitten. Am, am I am I wrong about that? That's true. I think that's true. Perfect. Uh, so when you become smitten uh, with someone, uh, give them a string on you. Uh, so then. Uh, Kony gets another string and um, you're going to answer your question there. So I think the reason here specifically is that I think it means a lot to Adelaide that Kony came over here to help because I think Adelaide is used to doing things like this alone and it sort of has circumvented all of the logic that she's built up in her head around like I do all of these things by myself because no one else is interested in them. Um, like this is a deviation from what the unseen have told her about Kony specifically. So this is like a big feel. Um, and then my question, what obvious thing about you, are you sure would make them reject you? Which I think, I think from Adelaide's perspective, Adelaide feels really boring and doesn't feel like she's exciting enough to hold Kony's interest. Oof. <laughs> all right uh so we've got this really sweet moment here of the two of you like connecting um the pin is currently on the floor uh because adelaide did drop it <laughs> i did drop um, it so the two trinkars are next to each other but are not yet connected should we try to train them together Oh, yeah. I, I don't can... know train stuff. Oh, I could teach you. Um, I would love to learn. Uh, and she launches into this very detailed explanation of how the cars link together as she's doing it. Um, <laughs> and then reattaches the, the cars. Incredible. All those words are fascinating words that I've never heard of before. And it's fascinating that I think that you know all those words and you put them into specific orders and just said them to me and also reattach the trains with your hands. Do you want to see my sword? Yeah. Okay, I have 10 on me currently and two daggers, which are baby swords. But uh, my favorite one is this one, if you'd like to see it. it's the biggest one and it has splashy diamonds but it's actually the least effective in a fight isn't that cool maybe before we go on <laughs> i do think that cody is trying to entice 
Yes. I love disaster lesbians so much. (laughs) All right. So when you appeal to someone's physical or emotional sensibilities, you're going to roll plus heart. Great. I do have negative two on entice right now. (laughs) That is true. Great. So is that to, so I have two on heart, negative two on entice. (laughs) What do I do? Uh, so if you got two on heart, negative two on entice, it's just a flat roll then. Great. You'll just roll your 2d6. Great. Four and a six. A ten! The luck. Perfect. Uh, so you're going to gain a string on them. Oh my god! Uh, which is your fourth string, so we're going to hold on to that for a second. Um, and then they're going to choose one. Uh, they're going to get flustered and awkward. They're going to promise something they think that you want. Or they're going to give in to desire. <sighs> there's like a there's a thing that makes sense, but I'm like, ooh, is this the card that we play right now? Yeah, I think maybe I think maybe it is. Um uh Adelaide is is looking at this and is kind of blushing very visibly and sort of looks around and and then says to to Coney, um would it be okay if I kissed you? With your mouth? That's how people usually do it, right? Yes, I just am shocked in a good way, in the way that if lightning were to hit me right now, I would be on fire. That's good. I like that. Being on fire is good? I, yes. Let's kiss. Does that mean that we finally kiss in a dangerous situation? I'll let you uh, decide there. Do you think this is a finally there? That's probably not a finally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's been a long enough period of tension. You know what? Yeah. Let's see it. Let's let's go with it. (laughs) uh... I know that there's a monster still here, but yeah. (laughs) All right. So when people finally kiss after a period of tension... Each takes plus one ongoing to get to safety and protect the other for the rest of the scene. (laughs) Cool. So that happens. And we get this really like beautiful, like picture of the two of you kissing. And framed in the background is this monster (laughs) fight. (laughs) Like, I think like if this was a movie, like the camera would like pan in and it'd be like, close up on the two of you really like blurry background and then focus would shift and then you'd see this like destruction in the background as this creature is like stomping around there um and you two are very in the moment and don't notice the fact that the train is now completely empty Except for, you don't know this, but except for Nymeria's, like, fallen down body. Oh, no. Uh, But the people have scattered. We see this kiss and then this (laughs) shift to the monster fight. And we are going to follow that over. Rue, there has been a lot happening here. You had a moment where you were like, oh, am I into Malta Regina? That's complicated. Uh, also, I've got my sword back. And uh, Malta Regina, a lot's been happening because uh, you're now like 
working with this person who's like, hey, I'm going to get vengeance on you at some point soon for breaking the law. I'm going to start with Malta Regina. What do you want to do here? I think I want to call for a timeout. I, I want to call for a timeout on this battle because I, I, I have this like niggling feeling in the back of my mind that maybe we don't actually need to like slay this beast. Like maybe there's a third way out of the situation. Awesome. Um, there's not really a move for that, but you can absolutely talk to uh, Rue and see if you can convince her to stop that. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I'm like wailing away. And then at, at a certain point, I'm just like, listen, hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, just wait one moment. Let's. Let's think about this. Let's regroup um, because I think that maybe there's another way we can deal with this beast. All through this, Rue is just like, <clears throat> like hacking actively. I'm like, all right. Yeah. What is it? Tell me. <laughs> like, I'm not, not stopping yet. I'm not going to stop till I hear the idea. <laughs> and I'm like, what if? Because these beasts are so tall that nobody's ever really gotten up to their level to kind of talk to them. Like, maybe if we could just get up there and, like, look into its eyes, we can kind of see the heart of the beast and through its eyes and figure out a way to, to, to stop this. Or, alternatively, we could just stab it in the skull. Like, you know, this is a win-win situation just getting up there. So either way we climb the beast. Yes, either you, way we climb the beast. You try to see it, its heart through its eyes, which I didn't know that was a thing that was possible. That's totally a thing. To <laughs> okay, cool. I, I trust you on that, I, I guess. Um, we climb the thing, and either we kill it or we see that it has a heart. Yes. Okay. I think Rue's going to check and just like look at the progress of what's happening around them. And they see like everybody fleeing the train and they see Coney and Adelaide making out and they're just like, <laughs> sure. Yep. Cool. <laughs> Let's do it. Nobody else is following the plan. Why should we? <laughs> And we see the two of you scaling up this fur. Fortunately, again, it's really matted. And again, there's stuff growing out of it. You actually have some really great handhold spots. And like, there are vines and like knotted vines to like, stick your feet into. So you can pretty easily climb this thing. Um, both of you are significantly strong enough to just get up there. Uh, and Malta Regina, you get up there and you can barely see its eyes through like the wall of fur in front of its face. But as you clear the hair out of its eyes, uh, go ahead and roll to understand a person. I know it's not really a person, but at this point, I think these moves can count. And that will be plus wit. Okay. Seven. Perfect. 
On a seven and nine, you're going to ask two questions, but they will ask one of you in return. Okay. So uh, I get to ask two questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you hope to get from like stomping all over people? (laughs) As you look in its eyes, it doesn't look aggressive. It looks scared. It's not trying to step on anything. It's trying to get away from something. Huh. And I'm like, how would you feel if I pet you on the snout? Uh, I think that ties into the question it can ask of you. Oh, okay. Um, which, uh, so this is, that's a great question. Um, so it's asking, uh, what are your feeling towards me? Oh, what am I feeling? Um, so, okay. Oh, two questions that it can ask to me. Okay. Yeah. So it asks a question and then you ask a question of it. And I think those tie in together that like you're showing your feelings towards it have like this gentility, which means that it would trust you if you were to pet it. Okay. Yeah. So I pet, I pet the thing on the snout and then I, I can ask another question. How am I going to ask a beast? How could I get you to betray your ideals? <laughs> Who's... <laughs> so I guess it's just like, how am I, how am I going to get you to, to chill out your ideals of, of fear and running rampant? How do I get you to chill out? Absolutely. I think that's a really great question. And you all are already doing this. You can tell the one thing that's causing it a lot of anxiety in this specific moment is its injury on its paw. So if you all were to treat it somehow, help with that injury, um, you'd have the opportunity to like get it to chill. Okay. All right. So then I turn to Rugosa and I'm like, okay, I know you're going to hate this, but what if... We stopped fighting and we decided to, you know, treat the creature with some magical, mystical, medicinal herbs. Uh, We stop fighting it and it, it, we, we give it, we give the monster magic method. Who knows? Well, I'm sure there's someone on this train who knows, you know, <laughs> veterinary man- medicine. Um, so someone, yeah, right? And so if we just stop fighting it, then we can, you know, it'll go away. It won't bother us. We won't bother it. Maybe it'll tell its friends to, you know, that we're chill and then we'll be, we'll be good. And, 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 and just, just to get this straight, if you, know this from looking it in its eyes to its heart you you learned this from that more or less okay okay so i'm just going to name that i feel really uncomfortable with that suggestion i would very much like to end this thing and uh be done with it and i am also having a hard time saying no to you I said all that out loud. All right. You know what? So this is actually a great time to do a move. Um, so 
Malta Regina, you do have a string on Rue right now. So you can offer Rue an experience to do something. So if he does it, they will uh, mark an experience. Um, and then if you don't, and then you would lose that string. If they don't do it, then you keep the string over her. Okay. Um. So something I want you to do is to apologize to the creature. Don't know how you're going to do it, but have fun <laughs> for hurting and it. it that also could be, that also could be like, I don't want you to hack the creature anymore. It could okay. be as simple as that. Oh, okay. As well. Yeah. I don't want you to have to hack the creature anymore. It's so tricky because now, so with, with the, the devoted, the smitten, those who I am smitten with become the object of my devotion. And if I act contrary to the desires of the, of my devotion, I gain a condition. Oh. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> All right. Yes. Okay. I will stop fighting the big monster. I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you. I'm just going to say that. I'm very angry. I'm going to climb down off this beast and and I need some space. But I, I'll stop. I'll stop hitting it. God. Okay. <laughs> so I I I give the beast one last like stroke of the snout. I will be like, I gotcha. I gotcha, big guy. And so I like climb down and I like yell. And I'm like, hey! Does anyone know how to fix a beast? Uh, and actually, before you climb down, um, which you'll do in a second, before you do, you turn to climb down and you notice that there are probably six or seven paths of what was clearly giant creatures moving through the grass, like grass all flattened coming from a central location. Oh shit. Oh shit. Okay, okay. So 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 I I listen, I'm not going to hit this one anymore. Can I hit other ones? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay. Great. We need to go. We have to go. Can you make this thing move and then we can do our apologies and our veterinary medicine somewhere else? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I before I get down, I'm like we got to we got to get out of here. Uh, so I am going to, um, shoot. I don't, I, I don't know how to, I had a dog once I had a regular sized dog when I was a child. And so I'm just like, sit, lay down. Uh, 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 no, don't roll over, but just like, you know, like get, get down. Cause I'm my, I thinking is that I'm going to get everybody to climb on the thing so we can run off. So we don't have to worry about staying on a train track. So I'm just trying to like get the beast to like lay down. I think it just does it. Ah, I did it. Okay. Holy shit. Okay. So, so then I'm like yelling and I'm like, everybody get on the beast. We got to get out of here. There's, there's other things coming. And as you look out at the train, you all see that the train is completely empty, except for Nymeria, who is now standing back up. So I would actually like to be dramatic and stay down. 
is like, I know the kick to my ribs was not terribly hard, but my pride is wounded. Excellent. So I think as Malta Regina and Rue are like surveying the area, you see the two lovebirds in the front of the train and the rest of the train is empty. The only thing you can see in one of the train cars are like a pair of legs like sticking out into like the opening of a doorway, which looks really grim for Nymeria. She's not that hurt, but it looks grim. I, I hustle down and I scoop her up. I blush. <laughs> um, I think I'm I'm just fully gonna like fireman carry her and like kind of latch on to the fur of of the haunch and and get ready to move. Excellent. Uh Adelaide and Coney, you all hear this like command of everyone get on the beast. As you, like, break apart from this really lovely moment, this really lovely kiss. We, like, pull back, and the first thing that Adelaide says is, why don't they want to take the train? (laughs) Tony, I point to the beast, and I say, it looks like things have changed, and I think your train will be okay, and we have to be brave and get on the thing. But my... Fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's not happy about it, <laughs> but she goes, <laughs> she'll go over to the beast. I think we run towards it hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And Pepper, I believe, comes behind us, right? Yeah, of course, Pepper's coming. We see the six of you with Pepper up on top of this massive creature in that like center where all the giant megafauna spread out from. In the center of that, like, ring of pathways, a column of smoke starts to rise. Dungeons and Drama Nerds is produced by Top Ryan Backus, Percival Hornack, and Nicholas Orbis, and is mixed and edited by Anthony Sertelti. Our Thirsty Sword Lesbians campaign features Gina Famia as Coney Shiversville, Nieko Gavia as Malta Regina, Percival Hornack as Adelaide, John John Johnson as Nymeria Wu, Leo Mock as Rugosa, and this game is Gay Mastered by Tess Huth. If you'd like to help us continue exploring the intersection of theater and tabletop role-playing games, consider leaving us a review on your podcast app of choice, or supporting us and getting access to our patron-only bonus content at patreon.com slash dungeonsanddramanerds. You can find our social media and website links, including our cast bios, in the link tree in our show notes. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Dungeons and Drama Nerds. Mm-hmm.